0: Welcome back to the Offside Report, brought to you by SportsMate's EPL Live app. I'm your host, Nick Guglielmino. I'm in isolation, and I think the whole Liverpool team is as well. They're winless after three games, after a 2-1 loss to Manchester United at Old Trafford. And it makes it the Reds' worst start to a Premier League season ever. Are they no longer in the title race? Is it time to panic? We'll get to the bottom of all of that shortly. But also making headlines, Jesse Marsh's leads embarrass Chelsea... So maybe the guy who calls the game soccer does know best after all. Spurs got the result at home, just ended enough to keep up with their North London neighbours, who are the last standing team with a perfect record. Who would have seen that coming? And it's all because Manchester City was shocked by Newcastle on Tyneside. Planning to get through, and we'll go through our FPL performances as well, our players of the week, and we'll also look ahead to match week four. But firstly... Let me welcome my co-hosts, as always, Alistair Jensen and Mitch Ball, to the stands, both with smiles on their faces for obvious reasons. Boys, good to be back via Zoom again. Al, I'll start with you. Uh, how was your weekend of football?
1: Hi guys, hi Nick. Yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty exciting. I thought it was the best weekend so far. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about the Liverpool result, but I was quite, uh, we'll go into that, but it's quite appropriate that United would win that one. Um, But, yeah, some great games. The Newcastle City game was just superb. Great, entertaining match.
0: Mm, mm. Goals galore over there. But, Mitch, uh, I'll I'll hand the floor to you, but let me start off first by congratulating you on the victory. Um, I might seem like a sour supporter most of the time, but I'm actually – I accept defeat when defeat comes. You guys were the better side. Um, and you finally got your DM that you've been asking for as well. So congratulations, and you can finally let me have it.
2: Well, the one, pr- I'm, well, I'm surprised you crossed to me. I actually expected to be ignored all <laughs> episodes, but that's, that's nice to know. <laughs> um, look, finally got the defensive midfielder that we're after, but now the pressure's on, isn't it? Because I've been crying out for it. We've got it, so now surely results will follow. Well, funny you say that because Maguire gets dropped and results come. And look, obviously there were some technical difficulties last podcast and that's why it wasn't released but i swear i called for Maguire to be dropped
1: mm.
2: i might not have said Verand to start but i i know i said Maguire had to be dropped uh so that was that was happened and i, I wasn't too confident about us winning i was confident about a, a solid performance but i didn't expect that to be honest with you yep. um i was i did between you and i there was a bet between our us and our oh, myself and our finance uh person at the office and he owes me a beer and uh a lunch <laughs> and it was all about a van dyke era which we saw two of the van dyke eras so for me it was just it was christmas it was christmas before we even won the game i knew i was getting a free lunch i knew i was getting a beer <laughs> and the wind just really topped it all off beer and a lunch
1: is cash money now mate it's
2: good. well finance they can't you know they can probably claim it and put under the rug <laughs> exactly. so that's probably why you went to
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> love a beer man. but um i mean yeah you, you you summed it up well there i guess yeah it's hard not to blame uh, Van Dyke for that opening goal, I guess. Um, James Milner got stuck into him as well a bit after that. But I mean, what did you make of the game? Uh, I mean, obviously you would have been happy for United to win, but was it more so that United were good or Liverpool were were bad?
2: The honest answer that's going to hit us both pretty hard. It didn't look like two very good teams. Yeah. Um. I I wasn't. Convinced. <laughs> There's nothing about that United game that I sat back and watched and went, oh yeah, we'll push. Let's not, even, let's, let's not even put City into this conversation. We'll push Arsenal. We'll push Tottenham. They weren't convincing. I think, and to be honest, Nick, you, you mentioned this in the first, first podcast this year. You spoke about the effect of City Omane leaving. And I think we're actually, there is a lot to it. That little bit of extra muscle and power up front, you are missing that. And no doubt that Darwin Nunes would have brought that if he, if he was available. Mm. Maybe he's just a, te- a step too far at the moment. A step—he's just a little bit too immature to bring it without having, you know, without giving the card away, yeah. and putting himself into a position. So there's no doubt that that was an effect in the game, but I wasn't convinced by it. I was not watching that as a as a neutral. If I was a City fan, I wouldn't be worried. If I was a Newcastle fan, I'd actually see possibilities against both of those teams to take points away. And you know, yeah, as, as I said, as an opposition fan, I wouldn't be too stressed. As a United fan, look, it's lovely to get three points, especially against you know, a rival that we have not had you know, any joy against in the last two years. Mm. It was a fantastic result, but as a Liverpool supporter, yeah. I, I mean, you can actually speak from a point of, uh, of reference here, but I'd be slightly worried if I was you and would you agree with that sentiment or,
0: uh, yes. Yeah, no, it's, there has to be an, uh, an element of worry after, you know, the start of the season that we've, that we've had, you know, three games. Um, without a win, and that's included games against Fulham and Crystal Palace, and it's never nice losing at Old Trafford. Um, but as I said last week, I, I wasn't as confident as victory for a victory um, as I probably would have been last season, obviously, because of the start to the season we've had, and you can never be too sure against United, no, no matter how bad they're going or how bad we're going, it's one of those games where, um, you know, you're going to lift – Uh, to try and get the victory you can turn your whole season around uh with with the victory against uh your arch rival um and especially you know being played at old trafford but yeah there seems to be i guess a lot of issues with liverpool at the moment um and i guess yeah the loser of this game was going to be the team on the back pages it wasn't so much about who you know who's going to win it's yeah the loser would have uh it's all about yeah sorry the the talking points were all about the loser and yeah so unfortunately liverpool are the losers and yeah you mentioned that Mane void he he does control everything on that left side of the pitch i do love luis diaz and he's going to be a great player but Mane's experience that he brings the presence that he has on that left side and um yeah it's a massive void and and, you know, we spoke about Liverpool's injury list last week. I think there's nine players missing. Uh, and starting James Milner, I don't know, like he's a player that's probably sixth or seventh um, in the pecking order to start in midfield for Liverpool. Um, so I'm not sh- quite sure, obviously, with the injuries they've got, but I think I would have rather played Fabinho uh, on one leg um, at Old Trafford as opposed to James Milner on the field so injuries are definitely a worry um Firmino just looks absolutely past it as well but uh, I don't want to use that as as an excuse because the club should be spending money to to um fill the voids uh, uh, until the cavalry comes back so they should be buying a midfielder um they they probably should buy I think another forward as well another winger um and you know I think the clubs not, not being as transparent in terms of how long these plays are actually out for as well. Um, like Kanate and Matip could be a while until they come back. So instead of playing Nat Phillips like we did last week, you know, we, we got to be spending in the transfer market. And I think that's where the frustration is coming uh, from Liverpool fans. Uh, so yeah, massive, massive month coming up for Liverpool. They've got Bournemouth, Newcastle, uh, both at home in their next two games and Everton away should win that and then wolves at home. So the the next four games should be wins on paper. And, um, I mean, from my perspective, hopefully they are four wins. Um, but yeah, I guess with the form they're at the confidence, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've probably spoken enough about Liverpool, but Al, would you agree? I mean, what did you make of the game? Was it more so... Um, I mean, yeah. Was it more so Liverpool were bad other than United
1: being good? Uh, I think it was two bang average teams. Mm. At the point. I think it's the best time to play either of them, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they've obviously Liverpool struggling the first couple of games. Yeah. They've got a win. Uh, United... You know, rock bottom of the, of the league last week mm-hmm. um, All the troubles that they've got Obviously inside and outside With their owners as well mm. They didn't have a um, th- There was no protest either At Old Trafford <laughs> There wasn't a massive one that stopped the game Yeah uh, Which is good So you want to see the games being played Yeah um, But, you know mm-hmm. I think the two It could have been It could have been a draw it could have gone either way, really To be honest with you Watching yeah. I think that the, the, their second goals slightly. Russia's goal. Can't believe that was an offside. To be honest with you, that if you saw it, it went to VAR, of course, but VAR last year, you know, goals were being chalked off. You know, toenails being being offside. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that one was was yeah. I mean, it looked like a foot foot offside to me.
2: But but this is the thing. Last year we all complained about that, and we said that oh, it's got to be some, you know, it should be advantage to the striker. So we can't now flip the script. And look, I, I agree. If this had gone the other way, yeah. I'd probably be on the other side of it. But if this is a neutral game, neutral game, yeah, I'd be saying, well, last year we complained about, you know, it's got to be to the striker's, you know, betterment. It's you know, the advantage should always be with the striker. We should always be saying, yeah, look, in this situation, it goes to yeah. them. So now that we are, it's it's suddenly it's suddenly becoming. An issue. And there, and that, and that's the thing. We'll we we'll never have a hundred percent consistency. But if if we do this this year and then next year we continue on with the same exact flow, no one's going to complain. It's just because we were so strict last year yeah. with, with the whole VAR and everything was black and white. And we we'll, we'll if this was chalked off, we would have, we'd be having the exact same conversation right now, and it'd just be flipped.
0: And I, yeah. I, I was yeah. actually um I was actually thinking the same thing, Al um at the time, but. I read into it, and it have been, understandably, there, there, there actually is, there was a rule brought in last season, a tolerance rule um, that does favour the strikers. Um, I'm not really sure what that matters, uh, what that means. Um, apparently, it's just a VAR thing where you know um, they they draw a certain green line for a defender, and if the attacker's behind that, then it's onside. So, even though it looks like uh, Marcus Rashford was a step ahead of Gomez. Um, he was behind that imaginary green line. But it is going to get changed, I think, for the Champions League. It's going to be different for, for the Champions League and the World Cup. I think they're bringing in a See,
1: see that's it. ...automated... It's the inconsistency. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. yeah. So if, if you're talking about... I mean, there's they're small margins, right? We're talking about small margins last year. That goal could have, you know, relegated one of those teams, for example. Yeah. Right. It's, it's And if you're training it for one... Uh, one competition, it's got to be consistent across everything, and if it isn't, mm. it's, why? Why so many rule changes? It's, it's it's
0: it's bonkers. It is frustrating, especially when you're on the receiving end of it. But <laughs> um, yeah,
1: so I was going to ask. Sorry, you're talking about transfer uh, and Liverpool. Klopp says he's not going to go out and, and buy anyone at the moment. Mm. Uh, with seven days left at the transfer window,
0: yeah,
1: is that going to change? based on the results so far. well, you, and, who, and who do you go? Yeah, yeah.
0: well, he's been pretty vocal for a few weeks that, you know, if the right player is not out there, they're not going to go for him and the right player hasn't yeah. been there. So, but it's frustrating as well because he says that there's no player out there that can improve Liverpool's midfield. How can you not improve on a 36-year-old James Milner, a, a Jordan Henderson who, you know, is, isn't what he was a couple of years ago, Liverpool's midfield has no creativity at all. I mean, Fabio Carvalho, credit to him, he came on with 10 minutes to go and he made an impact. But I don't buy into the fact that there's no one out there that can't improve Liverpool's midfield. So I'm hoping that um, they make a signing or, or two. I think two need to be made, but at least one would be nice. And we saw with Casemiro just the, um, the intangible effects that bringing a signing in, announcing a player... Can have on a team and the positivity and the energy around uh, fans and the playing group so um yeah like they, they announced him before the game and it was an automatic uplift in manchester united's favor i thought um so yeah i i think we really need to make a signing i don't know when our plays are going to be coming back um yeah i it doesn't make sense to really you know screw up your your first quarter of the season while players aren't there and um, put yourself 10 points or 15 points behind the pace and let you tr- chase the tail. So, yeah, hopefully they, they sign someone. Um, yeah, I don't really buy into what Klopp was saying, but obviously he's just defending the owners. It, it, it does come down to the owners in the end. They need to uh, fork out the money. Mm. What about the fork out the money?
1: 60 million quid the Glazers have put down, down for him. Yeah, they don't spend money apparently. Uh, for a thirty-year-old, unproven in the Premier League, surely I know we spoke about him last year. But uh, wouldn't there be any, be- you know, better players that could come in that have played in the Premier League, like Declan Rice, for example?
0: Hmm. Go on, Declan Rice is still
2: got a He's a defensive He's still got a, of he's still got a lot. You've got Fred. He does. He picks it. <laughs> But hang on, he ticks the boxes and I've been calling out for him since True. last year. Yep. Um, and But I think the difference is, is we're talking about another 70 mil. Yes, we're talking about, what, five years younger, maybe six years younger. But we got linked to Kante at the start of the or mid last year and everyone laughed at us. He's one year older. Kante is one year older than Casemiro. Casemiro, yes, he doesn't have that Premier League experience. He's got a lot of experience beating Premier League teams. Does that count for anything or are we ignoring that? In the end, he comes with a lot of experience, and that Real Madrid don't have low standards. He's not coming from a, you know, a Sevilla, someone that's a mid-tier team that he's just excelled because they're under a lot of pressure all the time. He's come from a place where conceding a goal is, is incredibly negative. Mm. Conceding a goal is a difference between getting a contract and not. Um, and the high standards at Real Madrid, if he can transfer those into United, which you've got to admit, looking at. The difference, And we can put a lot of it down to, yeah, the United players have stepped up from Bournemouth and everything else. But as Nick, as you alluded to, undoubtedly the fact that he was unveiled at the pitch, was there watching the game, that should have had something and it should have had a lot to do with it. The other thing that before we, and I won't you know, go too far away from the Casemiro, but if I don't mention I'll feel guilty. We all made a, a mention last week and obviously didn't get aware, but about the United players having to run 13.8 Ks at training. Ten Hag also ran the same distance. <laughs> he's there for his players. Yeah. He, he he went out and did the exact same thing. And if he's going to do it, if you're a player and you're not doing it, what does that say? And United outran Liverpool's team by eight, nearly nine k. Mm. That says a lot about a team that is coming into it. And you've got to you've got to assume that Casemiro is not going to bring those down those standards. He's the elite type player that has done it all. That if McTominay and Fred can't learn a thing from them from him. Mm what does that say about their mentality? Not, not United as a club, but you know, bringing in these ultimate professionals, which Varane is, he started, I, I have a lot, I think that makes a big, big difference. Mm. They've chased Casemiro. Are you telling me if had nothing to do with mm. that? I think he had a lot to do with that. I, I, I reckon he was in his ear and pushing for it because he goes, he's the ultimate professional, I know how he plays and nobody does. There's a reason Varane started last night, the other night. And I can guarantee Casemiro will get a decent game time, if not start pretty soon. Mm because United are bringing these players in to make a difference now, which is what I don't, I, I said, I, I don't think we should be going this direction straight away. But if we can get three to four years out of Casemiro, and probably this is going to be a bronze last year at this elite level, could pay dividends pretty sooner than we think. I, just, I, don't, I don't think they'll be able to push any teams, but we could actually be competitive in games that I wouldn't have thought we would be.
1: Mm. Does that mean uh, Ronaldo will stick around with? with?
2: I, I still hope not. There's a reason he was on the bench. Mm. Yeah. And he came on, and did he make any of an impact? Uh, in my opinion, I don't think he did anything. Nick, were you worried when he uh, came on?
0: Not really, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't worried at all. Uh, I was more worried with Martial. No, came the, on. the way
2: Rashford and Martial, yeah, and Martial. To be honest with you, if he Martial of it, Martial when he's in confidence probably chipped Allison in that position where he cut inside the box. Instead, he tried to pass it off to Donny hmm. Vanderbeek, which hey, Phil Foden and Halan could learn a thing, thing, a thing or two from that, but. You know, this is this is a different United. It's not a different United team. It's still the same thing. And they, I was right; they are bang average teams at the moment. But it, it's very different mentalities we're seeing right now. And if that can continue to grow in the next two to three weeks, I think it could put United in a position to be a bit more competitive than I think we all assume. So mm. Anyway.
0: Yeah, and going back on your point on Ten Hag as well. <clears throat> before we move on, sorry. Um, he did mention in his pro- post-match press conference that attitude was the key to Manchester United's turnaround. Um, and, like, just based on that comment alone, I, I agree with him. I think you can have the best players in the world. I think you can have the best tactician as a coach in the world. But, you know, if those players don't have attitude, don't bring the right attitude, um, then you're not going to win football games. And, I mean, I think that's been Manchester United's biggest problem over the last few years. They've had the personnel, but they haven't had the right attitude. And um, it was actually quite interesting watching the game, Mitch, Um It seemed like everything that Ten Hag had introduced in preseason and in the first two rounds, like pressing and playing out from the back, it's like he just threw all of that out the window. They were playing long balls. De Gea was just booting it long. He he didn't want to get caught in Liverpool's traps. Um, He didn't want to fight fire with fire. I I think, I guess it was like a a safe sort of style. They reverted back to being what they were, I guess, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, playing counterattacking. And it it showed like Liverpool had 70% of the possession. Obviously, this is not what United want to become, but where do they go from here? Like it it got them the three points. Do they keep doing it when they play against the top sides or even when they play against Brighton and Brentford? Because obviously they can't, they wouldn't want to get done four nil again. So, and yeah, do they keep working on playing out from the back and um, yeah pressing, or do they just play it safe to get results? And yeah, I guess play it safe.
2: I mean, if you want to rub salt into the wound and bring up the whole four nil score, what, if, if we can beat you and Brighton beat us four nil, what does that say for your hopes? Um, but no, look seriously. Um, he's, there's two things. To, there's two elements. To this, as far as I'm concerned, one. He's still, he can't come in and I think he's now realised he can't come in and play this 10-hard ball with the squad he's got. And I think that's evident with the signings he's trying to make and the plays he's putting on the pitch. He knows that he can't do this, you know, 100-pass or 10-pass build-up play, um, pressing 100% of the time. But on the other hand of it, I wouldn't say we didn't press. I think you've got to look at the amount of times that there was passes made into the Liverpool midfield where the centre-halves and full-backs more specifically we're chasing up and actually getting involved in tackles higher up the pitch. Um, that Tyrell, the uh, young guy at left back for United, the amount of times he dispossessed uh, and forced Liverpool midfielders to play backwards w- was incredible. And it's not a full team press. It, it's it's a man on man press and left late, but it changes the way you, you would have liked to have played fourth. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you were one or two passes away from Duke saying Miller and Henderson can do the job. It's, it's a game of inches, and I think they did change. They were able to change the game uh, in that perspective. But look, I think he's, I think he's playing with a team he's got. I think he's realised he's got to do that until he gets what he wants. Yeah. And the only way he's going to be able to attract the players that he needs to play 10 hardball is to either play pay well overs, which we're possibly looking at doing with Frankie de Jong, or actually just consolidate a position in that top four to five, you know, where he can play Champions League or Europa League and actually begin to talk to players that United should be out of the sign because that's not what we haven't been able to do that for the last two years. Hmm. That's why we've had to sign a 30 year old Casemiro as opposed to a what? 23, four year old Declan Rice. That, that's the reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. Hard to not agree, but it, it, it's going to be interesting watching how uh, United line up against Southampton uh, on, they've got the early fixture actually on Saturday, 930. Um, so
2: 930.
0: all eyes all on that one um, for sure. But Moving on, a team that um, we spoke about how Liverpool, um, yeah, obviously haven't filled the void of uh, Mane and the, the injured players they're missing, but a team that uh, hasn't struggled at all with the plays they've uh, lost is Leeds United. No Rafinha, no Calvin Phillips, no Patrick Bamford is injured and no worries. I mean, Jesse Marsh, the American who brought two American players in with him in Brendan Anderson and Tyler Adams, they've, all three of them i mean have fitted in seamlessly leads have really um i guess adopted uh the way he wants them to play and he hasn't pressing playing attacking football and they absolutely annihilated chelsea three nil um and yeah leads deserve all the plaudits and another one actually is rodrigo he's in form four goals league's leading goal scorer um and they're sitting third i had them to get relegated at the start of the season but I'm impressed. Tuchel wasn't so impressed. He still thought um, Chelsea were the better team. Um, but...
2: Was the pitch a bit dry, or is that just a Liverpool probably excuse? Probably
0: just a Liverpool excuse, I'm going to say. But it okay, did gosh. look so like it was warm, warm, warm weather. I don't know. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've. I reckon in these first three weeks, we've seen um, so many... Uh, so many of the big six teams drop points. We've already seen City drop points, Chelsea, Liverpool, United and whatnot. But um, I mean, w- would you put it down to arrogance costing these teams points this early in the season or has these uh, have the small teams closed the gap on them? I
2: like how you put arrogance in there, but that's just because Liverpool drop points. Whereas if it was the other be you'd be okay with it. I think we're not taking into consideration City drop points against the Newcastle team that, we all had doing extremely well. A Newcastle team that, since Eddie Howe has taken over, has won, I think, it's not It's not actually that little. I think it's maybe 10 points different in comparison to a very completed Liverpool and uh, Manchester City squad. This isn't a Newcastle team that any of us took lightly. Uh, none of us had them in their, our top six, which we could all live to regret. But I don't think any of us would have been that shocked if, if they do end up finishing the season in top six either. It, it, I don't think dropping points in Newcastle is... That dramatic anymore? I think, you know, I <laughs> Liverpool and United dropping games already. That that's an issue. Yeah. That that says a lot about where we are, uh, both of us, at, at the moment. I think dropping points. If we'd burst in Newcastle and uh, uh, we knew Brighton started last season so strong, it's not a shock. It, it is a little bit, but it's it's, it's not that dramatic. Yeah. Dropping points to the forms of the world that hurts. That that's where title chases are really put under the pump. Mm-hmm newcastle i think you can afford to lose no matter what stage of the season is dropping points in newcastle this season might be a big won't be a big thing in my opinion i i don't think that's a game that city will rue. if anything they fought back from 3-1 they'll they'll probably actually use this as motivation and the the fact that they can do that against that sort of a club will be fantastic for them you know in future games i think yeah i think Leeds. we i'm not going to say we all got it wrong just yet because there's a long way to go in the season and, and we all know that for a fact but hey, maybe Ted Lasso is, is something we can all, you know,
0: copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard to disagree there again. Um, yeah, I have to agree. You know, you play Newcastle, St. James's Park. I think a lot of teams are going to have trouble there this season. Um, Al, just back on Leeds for a second. Uh, we've seen the Americans come in, do a job, and I think we're starting to see a greater influence of Americans in the Premier League, including owners as well. Firstly, what do you make of that? And secondly, as an Englishman yourself, are you scared of facing the USA in the World Cup?
1: Um, I think it's, yeah, it's good to see that it's quite a big, you know, it's always been over in the States. It's always been, you know, the women's game has always been really high. They've always been so good, mm. um, not so much the, the men's team. But but uh, I can see, you know, Then coming over, it's, it, it's great. It's great for the game. I think the Leeds United fans are loving it, loving him as well. There are lots of um, USA flags uh, in, in the crowd. Uh, he's got a bit of he's got a bit of passion as well. I saw him it, actually when they f- scored the first goal. I think he ran past Hukul. Yeah, he did. Like, like, same as Conte did the other day, and there was no you know yeah. squaring up or anything like that. So it's just <laughs> yeah, Tuchel, Yeah, he's kind of a strange, strange guy. I think yeah. Going back to your question about USA against England in the World Cup yeah it's gonna be a tricky game I think we played them uh, a couple of World Cups previously and we drew one all. yeah there's a Rob green through through the legs nutmegs <laughs> pretty bad uh, goal from their end but I think um, I think we should still beat them yeah yeah We've still got the squad there to beat them but but yeah it's good to see that Ted lasso is doing well <laughs> in fact Ted lasso the actor was at the um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium watching Spurs at the weekend with Ronaldo. Was, was it Fox? Which Ronaldo? Cristiano? Yeah. Oh, not Cristiano. not oh, the okay. original. He he had
2: other places to be, like beating Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was going to say. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um,
0: um. But
1: yeah, I think it's it's good for Leeds. They played really well. I thought they were definitely the best team on the on the pitch. Tuchel. Cool. I'm not sure what he's talking about yep. there. I think uh, I actually put him down as Tuchel. Mm. As the first manager to go, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. He's feeling the pressure. It's just a matter of time, tick tick, for him at the moment. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, big call. It was a big call in pre-season, but I liked it. Um, and yeah, it could be coming to fruition now. It would be interesting to see how they bounce back from this result. And it looks like they're about to splash, um, sixty million on Anthony Gordon from Everton, um. That is just bizarre, in, in my opinion. But for me, I think they need a proper striker. Uh, and obviously, Anthony Gordon is more of a winger. They don't really have that out-and-out out number nine. Would you guys agree that that's probably what they need? Obama Yang, yeah. Obama well, I Yang. He's, he's in the
1: linked For the Yang.
0: It's amazing where, where where they're getting all this money well, from.
2: New, new owners. Come. Well, this is the thing. I think that's what... But that's what, there's a lot of it, it's not even have to be new money because I don't think Barcelona can sign half the players they've got. So if United, which apparently they keep upping their bid for De Jong and Chelsea come in for Aubameyang, there's, there's a problem solved there straight, straight away for Barcelona. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if in the next, what we've got a week or so left in the transfer window, if both deals were to happen for ridiculous money that you no know, club should really pay for these players, but It'll unfold because Barcelona are desperate and United are still desperate, desperate to find another midfield option. And you know Chelsea, as we know, need a striker. And they got away, they got they were lucky last couple of weeks with Koulibaly putting on his striker's helmet, but he's obviously out for a little bit now. And that's it. That's it. Yeah.
1: Chelsea, right? Chelsea linked with every player
2: in every team. That's how, That's what it's like being a United fan. For so, yeah, the last three years, we just get linked with everyone, even if we but don't. Chelsea actually signed. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't even have to go through the names
1: <laughs> Well, they've made a bid, another bid for Fafana as well from Leicester for seventy million. Because 70 million, all this money, with we, the fan, financial fair play it's just like it's
2: just. I'll tell you what, Le- Leicester have done well. than uh, you know, selling players eighty mil for maguire seventy mil for Fafana. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, Chelsea are linked with maguire as well. L- I know. Yeah.
2: Good riddance. Well, I'm going to play him.
1: <laughs> no, I think he'd play.
2: He'd, he'd do well at Chelsea if he went. Probably would in a back five. It'd probably suit him. <laughs> probably would. And that's actually not <laughs> even talking it legitimately. That's what that's what England plays. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And that's the difference. He actually looks okay in England shirt because he's not having to do the main role because he's not good enough. For I it. think he'd do all right with it's as Cas- as that. Casemiro in front of him. Well, I it's a CDM. That's what I've shouted for all week or yeah. all year. Sorry, it's last two years, three years. But in the end, I think in the Varane Casemiro partnership and martinez we're not speaking about we haven't known have no mentioned him because he did what he is very capable of and did not look out of place at all funny
1: about that <laughs> <laughs> oh I, look we'll go back to that in a minute i know i've been slating without this height it's still it's still pretty small
2: right hey for four foot three he did extremely well and i don't want to hear anything else. He's,
1: he's not marking andy carroll up front at the moment because obviously he's bad
2: well, Crouch has retired too, so that's not the point. And I know, we're, I
1: know we're backtracking
0: now, but that's probably why Liverpool didn't win was because we didn't have a striker actually pressuring. <laughs> pressuring. Exactly. I mean, yeah. we,
1: we and I think
2: Martínez... So Firmino's not a striker no, he's and not. he's irrelevant no. in his job. Is that what we're now he, going with? He, he, he's not he's good been, enough to be at Liverpool. player. He's, he's not good enough. Okay, that's fine. That's what He's want a, to a false nine. Who's All the right, hate mouth can go towards it frustrated you. It's frustrating. Salah is not good enough to be at Liverpool anymore. Firmino's not good enough to be at Liverpool <laughs> anymore. That's fine. Yeah, just Do you want to upload Van Dyke after his up, four man. performances this year? I, I swear. <laughs> <you have.
1: laughs>
0: Firmino spent more time in midfield than he did as a striker on the on Monday, on Tuesday.
2: That's because your midfield couldn't get the ball through to him. That's exactly why right. he had to drop in.
0: Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're on the same page here, <laughs> mate. Um, moving on to another yeah, game. You're two no. four, that's... <laughs> Let's talk about your boys, Al Spurs. Uh, get the win against Wolves 1-0. It was Kane again uh, popping up. He's 250th goal for the club. He's 185th in the Premier League, the most of any player for a single club. He overtook Aguero with 184 um, to become the outright leader. So, I mean, what a player he is. He, would you put him down as the greatest of all time for for Tottenham?
1: Uh, no. No. <laughs> At the moment, probably I don't know. Uh, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, trophies, make yeah. make players as well, yeah. um, and we don't have any of them for quite a long time. I think, but but yeah, I mean, he's obviously as I said, most Premier Premier League goals for one club. Um, he's pretty you know up there. He's 185 goals. Is fourth in the all time Premier League <laughs> scorers list. Uh, a thousand goal as well for Spurs in the Premier League. So all these records. But, yeah, we kind of want to – and I bet as Conte said, he would change all of those records. You know, he'll swap those for, for trophies. Yeah. And it's got to come this year, really.
0: And it, um, it almost looks like it does. I mean, you, you take a 1-0 win. I know it convincing. wasn't probably convincing, but, um, I mean, yeah. You,
1: you'll... you do against Wolves. Wolves are hard to, hard to score against, for sure um and i think they had a, the best first half they had a 12 shots but i mean they, they didn't really test the um but yeah obviously Conte came out put the fireworks up at the half time uh they came out a lot well a lot better and played a lot better in, in the second half perisic as well what a great signing he has he's, he's been yeah yeah you're saying too more and stuff like that but he was phenomenal <laughs> richardison came on for a few minutes and, and looked proper proper good as well yeah proper good proper good um, speaking like
0: a proper englishman there <laughs> that's
1: it uh but yeah that, that, it's it's great but i like wolves haven't won a game in 10. yeah uh but they they do look still pretty good so you know i think they'll, they'll come around yeah yeah they, they are, are they are one of those of
0: teams that can just yeah i don't know um, yeah. cause an upset whenever they want really
1: um but we we had we 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 played Southampton Wolves. We lost against Southampton and Wolves uh, and Chelsea at home last year. Yeah, well, away, So so actually getting them getting seven points out of those three three games is, mm-hmm. is obviously an improvement. Yeah, well like you
0: like you like the Spursy. Um, it, that would have been a Spursy, very typical Spursy result last season. But Conte's changed that and. I mean, I had you guys finishing third this year in the Premier League. Could
1: very well be more, higher than that, you know. Mitch doesn't. Yeah. Of he... Apparently, Man United now it's all forgiven. Man United are going to win it, so um... <laughs> I, I still think City and um, Arsenal.
2: I just I, I still had Arsenal above Tottenham, and I I don't know what you think is going to change about them in the next couple of
1: weeks, but apparently a lot of you do. <laughs> Well, I I didn't say anything about Arsenal. I said like, look, look, actually, yeah, I think Arsenal are doing very well. Well, if you're finishing third, I've just got
2: I've got to I've got to assume or higher than third. Uh, I've got to assume you're knocking either City or Arsenal off, and I'm not sure which one it is. But Nick's obviously already relegated his boys. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, uh, they kind of,
1: do well. it's, it, it's it's the third week, guys. It's the third week. Remember, Arsenal is great. Yeah, they're doing brilliantly, and they're looking class. We all said it. Mm. They, they've had some. Favourable matches as well. Yeah, Palace away was a great result. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And it sets them on. It sets them up,
0: doesn't it? A win like that against
1: Tottenham. Tottenham won four four in a row last year. You know, so it was. We were top of the league, um, and then it all started to go a bit a bit curly after that. So you just, you just never know what will if they once they play a decent decent team away. Yeah. We'll see
0: what happens. But that's the thing as well. Um, just moving on to Arsenal. Yes, they enjoyed a 3-0 win at Bournemouth, but their run to start the season is very favourable. Um, I don't think... I mean, the next... I think they play United away in a couple of weeks, if you want to put that under the difficult ca- category. But uh, after that, I think they, the next tough game is really um, Spurs in game week nine. Uh, sorry, match week nine. Um and that's at the Emirates, and then they've got Liverpool the week after that in match week ten, and that's at the Emirates. So, I mean, they're three and zero right now. Um, they could very well be, I guess, what seven and one before taking on Spurs or oh, seven and seven wins, one draw. And when you have a start to the season like that, get the momentum behind you uh yeah anything can happen i think you have got fulham next at home and aston villa at home so that you can all, almost chalk those two down uh, as wins for arsenal um very very favorable but you got to give credit to them as well um they're, they're playing exciting football and odegaard was the man this week two goals uh last week it was jesus the week before it was martinelli um, Saka Saka's been pretty quiet, but he's probably the next one to pop up. So it's almost a case of if one won't get you, the other one will. Um, so I'm still worried about them. I think they'll
1: be pretty decent this season. Um, great, great finish by Saka as well. Center half scoring yeah. a goal like that um, is such a plus for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was on loan last season in the French league as well. So yeah, like you said, ma- massive boost to them defensively and. Um, I mean, yeah, if they can get that defence sorted and keep keeping clean sheets, you, you, you'll almost back them into score goals. So, um. Do you know what?
1: I'm going to say it, because it, most of it, you know, Man City is their feeder club, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not yeah. 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 It could
2: yep. It could
1: be a City-Arsenal one too. By the rule, right? And then, uh, you know, there will be absolutely loving it and there'll be more players moving from one to the other they're all just
2: development squad jesus comes back with the land they play 4, four 2 <laughs> perfect perfect symmetry it's fun yeah
1: definitely yeah i, I don't I think... mean you know basically arteta wears the same clothes as pep guardiola as well if you notice that
2: well you can only copy what you've seen can't you <laughs> what's that i said you can only copy what you've what you've seen oh that's well, it you it's know you sweet. just Oh, on, copy. That's all he's ever seen, so it's just going to continue on with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're they are they're born winners, so you could see Arsenal doing something for sure. They they may win win oh. a cup as well, a trophy. Yeah. Um, it pains me to say.
2: A pre-season one or just a, a regular one? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, pre-season's all gone. Apparently but they won pre-season, didn't they? Yeah. Um,
2: uh, well, that I think they won and United was second. No, that hasn't helped us either. Sorry. <laughs> well, I can don't, see probably Man start.
1: City, Arsenal, and then Man United probably third, and winning mm. winning the Champions League. Man United. Oh no, yeah, Wait, In In 40, something like that. Are they in the Are they in the Europa Conference or is it Europa? That.
2: That. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm pretty, pretty sure. It's I think Arsenal
1: in Europa as well this season as well.
2: That's right. You'll be back with the with the rest of us very soon. Don't stress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Well, maybe, maybe Liverpool might be out of it completely as well so that's, let's just all not you know let's not count the eggs
1: the <laughs> can't and, down. <laughs> and actually you say about Conte there's one player one coach has come in set, set piece specialist from Italy um, Gianni Vio uh, who's who's made a difference already you know, I think we scored three goals from the set piece set pieces and that was a great 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 goal of the weekend, I thought. A great movement from Kane. Yeah. Perisic, at the, you know, fun step.
0: Mate, I told that's you like Perisic. Pretty good goal. Quality, quality signing. Um, yeah. I, I told yeah, you guys. It, fit. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, is he going to start every every game, uh, every week? Sorry. No, he'll probably be mad. No, I don't
1: think so. Session, Session Yon will probably play a. a, a Quite a few as well, so it'll be, be be between those two. Yeah, I think those are the main that you know, he's got not that sort of on the left side, yes, yeah. the right side. Um, that you've still got a few questions about,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, boys, we're well, speaking
0: about Manchester City earlier. Um, let's move on to their game. Obviously, the 3 3 draw against Newcastle, like Mitch touched on earlier. I don't think. Any of us are really worried about uh, City's form. Uh, let slip in, you know, two points um, this early in the season probably doesn't mean much for them. They'll probably go on to win the next ten or something like that. But Newcastle, massive plus for them. Again, don't think they're going to uh, drop too many points at home. They're going to be quite a tough uh, task mm. for a lot of teams. But let's talk about Saint Maximan to assist Trippier's goal. This oil money going to make Newcastle a genuine top six contender this season?
2: Of course, uh, no. It's, it's all
0: about Eddie Howe, isn't it? No, look. In the
2: some of these players that are now starring are players that were there anyway. Yeah, and they just weren't receiving the guidance that they were. And we've all said, se- oh, okay, we've all we all have all said it. They didn't need to go out and buy the flashy players. That's not what they've done. They've gone out and bought solid players. That put it this way: if any of the big six clubs and Six, six in quotation mark club uh, had signed. We'd all be like, why in the world would they sign them? That doesn't make sense. Well, they're doing it with foundation-based players that are there to build a squad. If Liverpool had signed Gamiers, you're telling me he would start? No.
0: Oh, but they're still better players than what Newcastle had prior. Like-
2: oh, they're better players, <laughs> yeah. but they're Sorry. not. They're still foundation club players. That if if Brighton had signed them, we wouldn't be shocked if Brighton signed them. They're mid-table players that are actually just playing in a very good system at the moment. Yeah. Eddie Howe can always coach. We saw that. That was evident at Bournemouth. He did not have the crop. But the style of play that Bournemouth were able to play and the results they were able to get were phenomenal. Now we're seeing what Eddie Howe can do with players that can actually adapt and play to a model that he is happy to. And there's the threat of, if you actually don't do it and don't do what we ask and don't play at a high, uh, high effort and high level of skill, you'll be replaced by players that can't.
1: Yeah.
2: That's not what Newcastle have had. And that's the biggest key. Like, no doubt, the money makes a nice difference because that's what is enabling a lot of this. But it's still you still have the right person in place, the right team in place, and that's what they've got. They haven't gone out and bought superstars because we've seen that United find players of a high level doesn't exactly make you a good team. Mm. Newcastle are a good team of good players. There's not a there's not a player there that there is players there that are linked to big six teams, but there's no player at Newcastle right now that you're telling me that Liverpool would go out and openly chase to start. Yeah. you know. Is there, or am I, you know, I, I don't think there's one or two, but not the difference of, we're not talking, that Man City's not going to go and take their team apart. No. Yep. That's, that's the way I look at well, it.
1: Oh, yeah. What about Bruno Grimera or whatever? He's, he's pretty shit hot. He's he, Andy, he, he's, he, he was
0: linked in. to Arsenal. He was the only one that maybe the top would have yeah. chased. But,
2: yeah, yeah, you make a good point. But that was a Mikel, but hang on, we're looking at a Mikel Arteta who is from the City background who likes to play football. Eddie Howe plays football. So it's, it's that linkage of it. They, they're looking at the same player because that's what they identify as a high level of talent. Yeah. And that's all we're seeing is translating. They're looking for a high level of player that is adaptable, that can play at a high level, and there's technically a good player. So I'm not shocked that those two clubs, being Arsenal and Newcastle, or, you know, those two coaches looking for those sort of players. Yeah. For me, I, I just think that Newcastle, a lot, has to be, a lot of credit has to be given to Eddie Howe, and unfortunately, that'll be skipped because of their oil money.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. they're
1: kind of. I think they're still backing him. I think he'd do well this season, as you said. So I think just keep him on if he's, he does a good job. Why do
2: Oh no, I don't, sorry. I, yeah, I don't think Newcastle. Sorry, are not backing him. I think that the the general fan will just look at this as a oil money um, victory as opposed to an Eddie Howe he can actually coach. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: yeah. I mean, as you said, they've got the pretty much same same team as last year. Few additions, but. Yeah, they doing great. I mean, same same. Max and, and Trippier are on my FPL on the bench. <laughs> Stupid, enough. I thought. You know I got, what? I had.
0: What? Uh, speaking of FPL, I uh, I had a gut feeling that Trippier would score or assist. And uh, usually, when you you have defenders that are going up against Manchester City, you put them to the bench. So you did the right thing out. But I just had this weird feeling all week that he was just going to score, and uh, it paid off in the end. But um. Yeah, you yeah. could have got
1: sent off as well. He, he probably um, should have. Yeah, actually, he should have done. But there was one thing I thought from that game. It was brilliant, and I think I don't think he was playing because he was injured. Old Jack Roo-ish. Uh But I don't know if you remember last year. He said he was talking about um, Mares. Uh, he mentioned something about. Uh, I think it was Moraes or someone like or Bernardo Silva's performance against Villa or something. He said he mentioned, "Oh, you got to take him off, take him off the pitch as soon as possible." He's playing like Almiron.
0: Ouch! And
1: then who goes and scores at the weekend? Brilliant! I think Almiron. he should have. It would have been great if he was playing. <laughs> but he, you know, how the tables have turned in that situation. I thought yeah. he's just got one back on that, and he should have done. He should have done something in the celebration. Yeah. And and, wasn't, wasn't
0: uh, and yeah, I guess that that um furthers your point, Mitch, about uh, how as well. Uh, Eddie Howe, Almiron w- was going through a period where he couldn't register a goal or, a, or an assist ever since he made the move to Newcastle. But yeah. he's a bit of a threat there now. Um, not, he's he's a handy player. But, um, yeah, I guess, speaking of, anyway, we, we probably should move on. Uh, speaking of managers, um, I, I was taking a look at, uh, I guess, the, the odds around the first manager being sacked uh, this season. And we we spoke about it uh, in preseason. We all gave our uh, predictions on who will be the first man to go. Let me just read out the top five Uh managers that are most likely to be sacked right now brendan rogers leads uh, all comers frank lampard second stephen gerrard third eric ten Hag fourth and ralph hassenhutl fifth so interesting list but i'm going to pass it over to you boys and i mean three rounds in still very early days but um who, who do we have at the top of our list
2: Looking at that, Scott Parker's escaped, and I I had him there. Um, You assume that Ralph, uh, uh, that Hag's given himself some breathing space now. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, I go back to the point that we all made last year. If Leicester are to continue on this this run of success, who in the world are they going to be able to attract that's better than Brendan Rodgers uh, to stay in the Premier League? But maybe they're planning on a a run out of the Premier League, therefore Brendan Rodgers might be the man. Uh, But otherwise, it goes back to the team that I said would struggle and that I'm not convinced by the Aston Villa and uh, Stevie G. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's an interesting one. Another, another loss for them. They lost to Crystal Palace on the weekend. So his record is now officially worse than Gary Neville's was at a, at Valencia. And it's probably probably not being spoken about enough amongst the English media, I don't think. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, if the pressure is going to you know pile onto him in the coming weeks and. I mean, he was meant to be. If he succeeded at Aston Villa, he was meant to be Klopp's successor. But don't don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But Al, who do you have?
1: Well, I've already mentioned it, Tuchel. I still I'm still keeping with him. I think, as said, he's he's kind of losing the plot. So yeah, and I'm I'm laughing as he does. Well, it's quite funny watching them lose three
0: 0 Funnily enough, uh, but also, sorry, he, he's ninth on the list to be sacked, so he's not yeah. far off. So it's a good shout. But go on.
1: It's that expectation from a new new owner. If they're putting lots of money into into the team as well, which they're still trying to,
0: yeah. Um,
1: I still, I think he's gonna he's gonna struggle. Mm. He's, they've got to bounce back, obviously, and I think they probably will. But I think Tuchel. Yeah, Yeah. he's on the chopping board. But also David Moyes, Bottom of the ladder. Um, Bottom bottom of the uh, table, Table. (laughs) bottom of the league. Um, He's not cleaning windows yet, but he could be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another interesting one. And guess who he's going up against uh, next week? Aston Villa. So could be, yeah, loser of that one will be in the uh, pressure cooker for sure, but I'm probably going to stick with Leicester. They've registered just the one point this season, sit one place above West Ham. And again, if they lose any more players and keep losing games, the next two games are against Chelsea, and Manchester United. So I don't really see them getting any points in those two fixtures, maybe Manchester United. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> um, Could, yeah, that could be a watch this space as well. He's obviously the favorite to go, Brendan Rogers. But enough of that, boys, player of the week. Let's get some positivity into this podcast. Uh, Our three, two and one votes for the weekend. There's actually a lot of candidates. So uh, looking at the boys, you put down some interesting calls here. Al, I'll start with you. Um,
1: My number one, one point. It's quite tough actually. It is maybe I should swap this round, but I'm gonna go with Alan S Sam Massey, man. Yeah. Um I said to assist, he was brilliant. He's a bit like Paul Gascoigne. They love him uh, the Geordies do, don't they? Yeah. Uh, he's he's quite iconic. Yeah. Again, um number two, Mitch, you'll love this as well. Considering I've been slating him for being five foot one and a half. Uh, oh, Liss- okay. good. and Martinez. Played all right, didn't he? Mm. Played all right with a player beside him. He has confidence rather than Maguire.
2: It's funny you put an actual footballer next to a footballer and they play well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, Maguire is a footballer. He's just he's just because he's a big lump.
2: He's in the wrong. He's in the wrong. He's in the wrong system. But that's that's a conversation for another day. He's a big
1: lump. <laughs> you need big lumps as well. head. Yeah, that's fine. It's Just a big unit. You just can't. Yeah. Anyway. And three points to Jack Harrison. I think someone should have snapped him up as well from Leeds. I think he's yeah. brilliant.
0: Yeah. Another former City player,
1: Jack Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. And look, look where it's gone. Look mm. where it's gone from. One, well, two. Yeah, yeah,
0: good shit. And are my three. three um, I like it. I like three it. Three players. Yeah. Mitch?
2: Well, I could have gone all United players and a Liverpool player, actually, because I thought he played really well for United in Van Dyke, <laughs> uh, But I haven't. Um, I've gone Martinez for my one point. I just his defensive efforts were phenomenal. I think, and I think he's actually, as, as Al said, he's playing quite well next to someone he can trust. And his other games haven't been bad by any means. It's just the difference is United won, so defenders looked, you know, with less frowns upon. So uh, that's the difference for me. Odegaard's performance, yes, less a team, but still phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, to be at such a young age doing that in the midfield and. There was a lot of pressure on this kid not long ago when he was at Madrid. Um, and, you know, people were saying he's a, he's a failure and he's not become what he's supposed to become and blah, blah, blah. Well, he's doing it in the Premier League now and, and quite consistently forming at a high level. So he gets my two. And my third is a United uh, ex-player, uh, Zaha. Two goals and just... He just continues to go from strength to strength at the moment in, in the Premier League. So he's it, fantastic to watch. And he's exciting every time he gets on the ball. You just don't know what he's going to come up with in that final third. and. For that reason, he he gets my three. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah, I like it. Actually, Crystal Palace. Sorry, no, sorry, no I was saying Crystal Palace. I mentioned about Palace, but they are on fire at the moment. Um, mm, some yeah. really, really good goals over the weekend. I think Vieira's doing a great job. He is, and they've got a sorry, lot. Nick.
0: They've got a lot of good young players as well, Palace. But yeah, they're they're probably one of three that have really surprised for this season, along with Leeds and Brighton, and oh, I guess maybe Newcastle as well, but. I guess we all kind of expected them to be there anyway, but yeah, Palace have been on fire, Mm. and yeah, Zaha as always. He was meant to leave uh, Palace a few years ago, but funnily enough, he stays on, and yeah, he's become the main man there, so good on him. Um, I think we've gone for, did you mention Odegaard? Uh, Mitch? You did. Okay, so we do have one the same, but uh, all in all, some very different players. I've gone with uh, Rodrigo from Leeds with one vote. I thought he was brilliant. One goal, one assist. Um, yeah, I thought he just he's, he's led the line really well for Leeds. Did, did it against a good team in Chelsea. Um, Odegaard, two votes. I'm with you on that, Mitch. And uh, three votes. Shea Adams. Rashford. No, not Rashford. Not quite. He actually got dropped from my FPL team. Uh, Shea Adams two goals coming on as a substitute to win Southampton the game. So he, he takes my three votes for the week. I thought it was brilliant and uh, caused more misery on Leicester, but um, it sets up a massive game uh, match week for boys. Uh, plenty of big games to look forward to. Um, we've already mentioned a couple on the pod already, but um, what is sticking out? to you uh ahead of the weekend's action who was the start
1: brighton versus leeds yeah that is the big one yeah two informed teams Brighton are are brilliant at the moment
0: yeah they're they're the best defensive team in the league at the moment they've conceded one goal um and that was an own goal as well against manchester united at old trafford so yeah the after manchester city conceded three Brighton now have the best defence in the comp statistically, and they're going up against a pretty good attack in Leeds as well. So offense versus defence, and yeah, I'm with you. That's going to be a big game, Mitch.
2: I've got a what could be sacked, <laughs> uh, Aston Villa, West Ham. Yeah, because honestly, we normally see that first sacking early in the season, and I'd argue almost that CVG is too big to be sacked. <laughs> um, but there's severe possibilities. It yeah, could be
1: both ways though as well. Yeah. But West Ham, you know, they're going to struggle all the mm. way. But they don't look good at the moment.
0: The pressure's on them. Um, it's actually flown under the radar a bit. I was quite shocked when I saw them dead last, zero and three. Um, I mean, they've already played. I just think that one went away from being above Liverpool. <laughs> well, that's it. It's scary scary time. That's, that's exactly right. And, I mean, if Liverpool lose to Bournemouth, uh, that <laughs> that could really put some pressure on
2: uh, Jürgen Klopp. Will you, will you burn a jersey if that happens? No, no, I won't. Will you burn your jersey? If, no, um, I... Not yet? I'm a, what about three defeats in a row? Let's, let's find the ground.
0: I don't do that. I, I lived through a Roy Hodgson era okay. with, with Paul Koncheski as our left back, um, and I didn't burn any jerseys. So... Um, yeah, no. It would have to take a lot for that to happen, Mitch. And I think
2: Okay, relegation it is. That's, relegation. Fine. Let you know the limit. that's
0: fine. Relegation. Well yeah. I mean if that happens. I don't I don't even want to think about it to be honest, but um, anyway, that that's probably a big game in itself, Liverpool Bournemouth, but I think we're all expecting a Liverpool win. Touch wood. God help me if that doesn't happen. Um but I'm also going to be keeping a close eye on Manchester City Crystal Palace. Like we just spoke about Palace in good form. They caused Liverpool some issues at Anfield a couple of weeks ago. Just wondering if they can do the same to um, to Manchester City. So, And that along with the Southampton to Manchester United game. Both both very big games um, in the context of those team seasons. But, yep, plenty to look forward to. And... Uh, uh, but as for now, that's probably a wrap on the podcast, fellas and listeners. Don't forget, you can follow all the Premier League action as well as all the other major leagues across Europe. Plenty happening. You can follow it all on EPR Live. And uh, we'll be back again next week right here, same time to unpack the action all over again. But until then, enjoy the football. <laughs>